gosh, it's time. <laughs> this is what it feels like to be live on the radio by yourself, kind of. Um, yeah, so welcome to the first episode of My Depression's Got Jokes. Uh, I am your host, Joy Donaldson. I am affectionately known as Q Boogie here in the Legacy Internet Radio Streets. Um, but for my particular show, I'm going to keep it as joy, be as formal slash informal as I possibly can. And yeah, and here we go. Uh, this is the podcast where we disarm mental illness through humor. And we're going to talk about a lot of good stuff today. We're going to have a, a lot of good vibes, a lot of good uh, just communication, all those good things. So let's get into it. So a few people have been asking me why talk about this? Why bring up this particular subject? Why are you so adamant about uh, mental illness, mental ashiness, which is what we will call mental illness on this show? Um, why do I care so much? Uh, the reason why I created My Depression's Got Jokes is, especially in our community, um, we don't talk about it openly. We do not communicate with our family members, our friends, those that we love, the people that we care about, that we have our mental ashiness moments. We, all of us are rubbing out ashy in various ways and in, in various frequencies. And there aren't many spaces where we could talk about it without feeling judged or we're beating a dead horse. So I came up with the idea of My Depression's Got Jokes because I am an avid podcast junkie. I listen to podcasts more than I listen to actual music. I am the person that the party that has random facts because I always heard it on a podcast. And what better way because podcasting is really being, uh, it's really going on a surge right now, especially uh, podcasts of color, uh, really going on a surge right now. And I really wanted to focus on something that our community tends to sweep under the rug. Uh, so the premise behind my Depression's Got Jokes is just that. I am someone who has had depression, uh, was diagnosed officially with depression uh, my freshman year of college. I was sitting in freshman orientation and somebody came up at the very last second and said, hey, look at these 10 prompts on this, <laughs> on this, um, what are them things called? P PowerPoint. And if you identify with more than five of these, you may have depression. I had eight. So, <laughs> so I bravely went up to my, the therapist that was there for that particular presentation and said, hey, um, I think I need help. And <laughs> they got me in the next day. Um, I have been on and off and on with therapy for uh, right around 12 years. Um, I've had really awesome therapists and I've had really terrible therapists. And being someone who also has anxiety, um, the fear of somebody calling my phone, the fear of having to answer a text message, if I don't say it right, all those little wonderful, beautiful things that come with the anxiety, um, makes it really difficult to try to find somewhere, um, somewhere safe and someone safe to talk to. So a part of this journey and a part of this podcast is to help with those issues and those concerns so it makes it a lot easier. Um, so the jokes aspect of it is because I am a 
really sarcastic, almost self-deprecating person. And when I go through my ashiness, um, the best way I can deal with it, the best way I can talk to people about it is to throw in bits of humor because it helps me to stay as sane as I possibly can in those moments. It can be really difficult to talk about the things that happen when it comes to mental illness. I have friends that are very close to me that also deal with mental illness. Um, and it can be really lonesome. It can be very... Um, it would be very scary and it's very cathartic to sit with other people and go, you know what? Me too. And not only that, let me tell you about this really stupid thing I did or this really stupid thing that happened to me when I was in the midst of my spiral or in the midst of like a really ashy spot in my life. And I am not, I want to make sure that I say this very clear, I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. I am, however someone with intimate knowledge of being on the couch. I know exactly what it feels like to walk into that room and to fill out that paperwork and have somebody look at you and go, okay, tell me about everything. And I know exactly how difficult that could be. So <laughs> it, could, it could be something. It could be, it could be a really tough deal. But I'm here, and so are a lot of the people that I'm bringing into the studio to talk about these things. We're going to be giving you feedback. Um, eventually, we're going to start opening up our emails and start asking questions, or well, answering questions, asking you guys to mail in or send in, yeah, call in, do all the old things, and um, be able to get some things in order so we can be able to help you do like the most minute things and turn them into the most revolutionary things. Uh, it's very revolutionary to get up every morning. So regardless of what anybody tells you, that's exactly what that is. So in the meantime, let's get into what we're going to be discussing today. Um, a big part of why I did this podcast is because I wanted to bring people into this space that typically end up being on the realm of, well, you don't look like you're sad. You don't look like you're upset. You don't look like you're going through depression. You don't look like you're dealing with anything because you know all, it has a look, right? We all look like something. Um, but my guest today actually is someone who helps with specifically women, but mainly couples to deal with those spaces and to deal with the ashy spots in life. And we, I really want to bring to, let me see, how exactly do I want to put this? I really want to bring into focus how we deal with these sorts of things, especially those of us that are women and women of color, black women, and how we handle going through the things that we go through. Um, so in the meantime, before we get that started, I wanted to bring um, my brother on. He, <laughs> he is the reason why I am here at Legacy Internet Radio. I've known him for the better half of two years. And it's been... Really, it's, it's been a good time. You know, you have a. I'm an I'm an only child actually. Um, I don't have any actual blood siblings, so a lot of people in my life have become my family, have become my brothers and sisters. And I would not be where I am as far as legacy internet radio is concerned without him. So while he's in the back doing everything he possibly can. Um, to make this show happen. Um, I want to bring on Marcus J. What it do, homie? <laughs> What's good with you? Nah, man. I'm just happy and excited to 
see you here and to see you doing your work and to know how great and outstanding you are. And uh, I'm very happy, very <laughs> happy to be here and to see it finally come to fruition. Yay. Me too, actually. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be a Q&A session in this show. So one of my favorite questions to ask uh, because I find that it disarms my guests and actually helps to answer this question a lot more fluidly and authentically. Yeah. Um, what makes you laugh when your brain goes sad? What makes me laugh when my brain goes sad? Laugh? Yes. yes. Ow. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's heavy. Um, probably, a, like, you know, they laugh at me, people that know me. Because I got like I like babies, so I like look at babies, <laughs> like babies. on Instagram. <laughs> so like when I'm having a moment, a lot of times I'll go on Instagram and I'll look at babies like He's laughing, going to explore and, pages, and like, smiling. Like it's like a couple of baby mom pages. <laughs> like moms like post their babies. Yes. Y'all please don't judge me. Oh, the baby mom page. So it's baby mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> not baby mama but mothers of children <laughs> so i go and i look at those and uh i bug out i bug out i trip you know and um that makes me laugh sometimes when i'm when when i'm sad oh, okay so yeah. does that make me crazy no weird? i was gonna ask do you have like a specific genre of baby that <laughs> <laughs> well, melanated babies, of okay. course. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people are like, oh, look at the little itty bitty fresh babies. Or you're like toddler baby. Or you're like, okay. No. Nah, nah, <laughs> no look, preference. I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at melanated babies. There's <laughs> 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 there's absolutely no shade to the non-melanated babies. but Melanated at, babies have a special place in my I'm heart. looking at melanated babies. You know what? That makes sense. So as far as... Is that the thing that makes you smile and makes you laugh when your brain goes sad? Yeah, when my, when my brain is sad, yeah, I, I, I like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, whatever it really takes to, to make you smile, I don't really, other than that, think about what it makes me per se, mm -hmm. but I definitely try to get out of the funk. You know, there's certain music and certain genres and certain artists sometimes right. that I'll listen to that, you know, help me with that. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes I put my music on, but that's it, really. Is there a certain type of artist or genre that you lean to more when you're in that space? Uh, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. I, I mean, I, I see I, that, I, but I did not expect that. I like rock music, <laughs> um, and Guns N' Roses came along in my life at a particularly uh, pivotal time. I was a teenager. I was in high school when it came out, and... They're, first of all, that's when I was discovering rock music. So you never forget, I guess they say the first one. They were my first favorite rock band. Okay. And they have different types of songs. Mm -hmm. So depending on the mood, you know, it would depend. Like from, if I'm sad, I might listen to A Strange or November Rain. You know, if I'm feeling mm -hmm. feisty, I might listen to You Could Be Mine or Welcome to the Jungle. You know, uh, okay. you know, there's different, you know, if I feel like I want to fight somebody, I might put on Get in the Ring. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? And if you like Guns N' Roses, you know those songs. Right. You know those moves that it could put you in. So, yeah. So is that, let me see, is, are you that type of person that will have those angry conversations like in the shower or to yourself 
while those songs are playing? Uh, it's on my head. Like, I got a testimony the other day. I was in the car. and Yeah, Friday. I was in the car, and I was driving to work, and I wasn't in the best of moods. I was trying to figure out what music I wanted to listen to mm -hmm. and went through all the different songs, and my cell phone was acting crazy. You know my cell phone right now will play a song, but it'll pause the song in the middle of the song. I, I don't that. know why it's doing it. My Spotify's been doing that lately. I'm yeah, like, what is going on in the, I, the Matrix? I, I don't know what's going on with it, but it was just supremely frustrating. So I was listening to a Guns N' Roses song called It's So Easy. It's one of my favorite songs. Okay. It kept pausing, kept pausing, so I got frustrated, so I stopped it. I moved from my cell phone, <laughs> played back to uh, satellite radio. Okay. And I put on Ozzy's Boneyard, which is the rock station, because right. I wanted clearly that genre. So the song that was on, went off, mm -hmm. and the next song that randomly played was, guess what, Guns N' Roses, <laughs> It's So Easy. The same <laughs> song that less than two minutes ago I was trying to listen to. So that's a, that's a testimony to me. The great architect was like, yo, you know I'm here, right? Right. You know, whatever you think, I'm, I'm here. I got you. See, I, I love that because what I, what I typically do whenever I'm getting into, those, into my ashy mental state Ashy. is... That's, that's the best way you can describe it because especially in our community, like the, the one thing outside of, of like the, the turmoil and the, the daily BS that we got to deal with is we always trying to make sure that we're not ashy. Yeah. So that's the way, that's how I'm able to reconcile being ashy mentally to being ashy physically because it is something that we're always trying to eradicate and try to deal with on a consistent basis. So I find myself when I'm getting into those ashy spaces of Trying to find the most angriest thing I can listen to yeah. or the most, like, um, it's either going to be angry or it's going to be ridiculous. You want to fight. I want to fight, but I either I'm, I want to laugh or I want to just not have to think about it. Those are the moments when I go into my space of what stupid movie can I watch right now <laughs> that's, not, that's going to make me not have to think about anything specific. What's going to give me a little bit of just escapism so I don't have to think about the fact that I'm spiraling at this moment. Yeah. And that, that helps That me. you're struggling. That I'm song. struggling at this moment. That helps me, especially somebody that has both depression and anxiety, and they can flare up at any given moment. Right. And with depression, you feel everything is, is just that. It's down. It's, right. it's depressed. It's everything. It's just, ugh. Then anxiety is like, get up! It's like, you can't. <laughs> you can't. So you're fighting two different right. things inside your own being. Yeah. And it's... People need to realize this is this is a, a myth that I really want people to, and that's what we're going to be doing on this show as well. We're going to be debunking mental health myths. I'm actually going to bring in a friend of mine who's also a therapist. Is going to come in maybe once or twice a month to come in and really talk about and debunk a lot of these myths that we have floating around, especially in our community. Um, a lot of things like like depression, anxiety, bipolar. A lot of that has to do with brain chemistry. It's not you as a person. It's not you broken. It's not you, this massive family screw up that don't nobody feel like dealing with. Like, no, it, it actually, in more times than not, comes down to brain chemistry. And for me, a lot of my stuff is environmental. Um, a lot of the things that I have gone through have been because of circumstances outside of myself. But the brain chemistry within me was already predisposed to depression. So I, it almost, it came like hereditary to me. Um, and being very open and talking about these things is something that I've been doing to combat that idea of 
Oh, you just gonna be like this for the rest of your life. You just gonna be broken, and you just need, you just need Jesus, and you just gonna need to pray. And when you pray about it and leave it on the altar, you just leave it there, and it's gonna be fine. Like, all right, cool. But Jesus also, you know, provided me with a therapist, so like, <laughs> I'd much rather talk to the therapist instead of just leave everything on the quote unquote altar. But I find myself getting into those spaces where I get really angry and I want something to take that anger out on so even if it's me in a traffic jam and I'm listening to uh Khalees I hate you so much right now that feels good (laughs) it's to whatever capacity that I'm listening to that with so as far as the music is concerned is there anything else that you tend to lean towards well for me uh I'm a reggae fan and (laughs) When I get in my car, usually if I feel like listening to music, that's the first genre that I go for. Mm -hmm. And that's another outlet for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anybody that knows me knows I'm I'm, I'm a Bob Marley fan and disciple. If you look around Mm -hmm. the Dan Hill legacy and that radio, his his fingerprints are are certainly on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I tell you, like many folks our age, my age, Mm -hmm. you know, hip hop is part of the DNA. Right. And that's probably the only genre of music that I can listen to that could literally take me through all of the emotions. Hmm. Like I went through Guns N' Roses, one group, but hip hop can take me through all of the emotions from feeling feisty and fight the power, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to feeling you know sexy with I need love, <laughs> you know, you know, yes. to, to feeling boastful songs like in the club and stuff like that you know what i mean like i can go through a whole history of hip-hop and pick out an emotion for each one but hip-hop can do that for me okay you know so like we were here yesterday in the den and we were listening to uh rakim Mm. and we were talking about how we felt about him like there's certain times when i hear certain songs of him and i'm just like okay i'm good what i'm going through ain't going through nothing because he just spit some fire on me. Mm-hmm. My brain is activated. I yeah. feel rejuvenated. <laughs> like music. I can take over the world right now. Music can do that to yeah. you. Yeah. Or for you. Yeah. You know, so I think that's outstanding. I think I, I love the idea of that. And I've never heard somebody really break down. I really love how beautiful that was, breaking down the the layers and the levels of what hip hop can do oh, for yeah. you in those spaces and in that in that time frame when you're going through something. Because hip hop Typically, within especially white America, yeah, is or they just discovered it, like right. You know what I mean, like you know, it. they find stuff after we kind of you know you know flipped it and freaked it and yeah. did all our great stuff to it, and then they put their name on it, like they just did something. <laughs> you know what I mean, like ask Elvis Presley about Chuck Berry. Oh, I mean that's gosh. I mean you know you know like and the crazy thing about that is every single invention ever made was made because you tied. Yeah, I'm tired. Eyes tired. Eyes <laughs> don't feel like picking this cotton no more. Right. I'm gonna make me I'm a gin, Mr. Eli Whitney, who got credit for it. You right. know it wasn't him, no. did it, right? No. And we know about the brother who made the electricity. Exactly. That Edison got credit for. So right. that's what we do. Yeah. As a people, as a culture, we create at a necessity. Yeah. We have to. We fight. Yeah. That's 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 what we're known to do. So, I, but I love how we broke that down. And in regards to hip hop, because there's so many different layers and levels of hip hop, one of my favorite groups since this day is Tribe Called Quest. And I, whenever I want to get into a space where I really want to sink, I really want to zone out, I really want to like. What's your go to song? 
Do you have one? Damn it. Okay. <laughs> right on the spot. Right on the spot. Um Do you have a do you have a go to album? Make it simpler. A go to go to album would probably be Midnight Midnight Marauders. Yeah, yeah. That that's everybody's go to album. Go-to album. It's, yeah. it's probably you know my <laughs> like my the low end theory is probably my go to, but mm. you can't go wrong with Midnight Marauders. No, no. It, between I have kind of weird. I love uh, I love groups. So between Tribe and Outkast, yeah, it would be those yeah. are the spaces. Was like I feel like. <laughs> I feel like thinking today. But you know what's funny about <laughs> Outkast? Because of, um, you know, like my brother said, who uh, is our legacy in that radio sponsor, Live Action Captions, he affectionately calls me the hip-hop racist. <laughs> Wait, Obviously, what? those terms don't match. No. But the point he's making is I'm very biased when it comes to my hip-hop. That makes sense. A lot of it has to do with how old I am. A lot of it has to do with where I grew up. <laughs> I'm I'm today is my birthday, it's my forty fourth birthday. Aww. And uh I grew up in New Jersey. Right. Exposed to old school New York City hip hop mm-hmm. hip hop. So when I heard Outcast the first time, I was already in my feelings about not liking Southern hip hop. But they so dope, how you gonna not like you them? You can't not like them. You can't you can't you have not. to try to not like Outcast. And I was as I'm listening, I'm going Man, this man, this man. <laughs> I, and I want to say man is whack, right. but I can't man this like, man. This man is this this all right though. This this all right though. I hate how dope this is. <laughs> like how you sound super country, but still dope. But still dope. You know, because we hadn't we hadn't heard that quote unquote yet. No, even though it was already happening before. It, it, Everybody else had their eyes on it because we were so worried about East Coast West Coast rap. Yeah, because when they hit '94 with Southern playlistic Cadillac music with a K, with a K, that was in the middle of the dawn of the East Coast West Coast yeah, beef. Which beef. this was '94. It really hit '95. Yeah, don't 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 go to the Source Awards. <laughs> yeah, you know if you want to have no a producer that's not all up in the videos. <laughs> Come and get that bro. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> If that's not the most gangster boss move in the bro, history of hip hop, so. like you set off a war. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Source War has ever recovered. Nah, <laughs> it's been too, too East Coast ain't got no love for Snoop Dogg. He ain't got no love. For that room? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, his hair was just flowing. It was just like, I, I have no idea what he's saying. He's doing this right he's here. He's doing this. I was like angry. <laughs> he's mad. Like, what the heck? I just, I'm going to just be on record as saying, I never seen a dude that was intimidating that was doing this. <laughs> Y'all ain't never did. Yeah, like, you just didn't look tough to be he stupid. Flopped? He flopped the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like long arms, just mad. <laughs> he was fluid. Very he was, fluid. He was just, Y'all ain't got no love for the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> Andre get up there like I ain't got time for this. No, no. <laughs> then big boy like, look, you know, really, I don't have no love for y'all. Sorry, <laughs> I don't actually. No, no, I, think no. About I don't it. like your, I don't, I don't like your music, Calvin Brodus. Uh, no, <laughs> going by his government. <laughs> he really been mad. Yeah, shut up the whole spot. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really happy that. We got to talk about this. And yeah. these are the things that we're going to be talking about on My Depression's Got Jokes. This isn't a space where we're just going to be really somber and tell me about the last time when you had a bad day. Like We're not going to, no. <laughs> we're not going to do that. We're going to be in these spaces. We're going to be very open and honest about our bad days and acknowledge our bad days, which is something that we don't typically do. So I want to know about the 
stuff you tore up when you was having a bad day. What'd you do? Right. When I flipped over something because when you I flip a table over the day, girl. Let's not talk today. about it. Not today. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do flip over stuff, the way that my life is set up, it will somehow reverberate and hit me back. So Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then you sitting on the floor with a knot on your head going, How did I get it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do nothing. Uh, uh, I can't see because my eyes black because the book hit me in my face. So yeah, that's the way that those are the moments that I'm like, my depression got me to that moment. And now I'm sitting here with a black eye that I, a self-imposed black eye. You can't get mad at nobody. (laughs) How we get here? I don't know. But, (laughs) so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about um, with My Depression's Got Jokes, and that's why we are here. Um, And when we come back, we will be bringing on our special guest. Hey, everybody. (laughs) We are back, and we are back with our special guest for this episode, uh, Nicole. Quita Mitchell is an aspiring author, a life coach of many ways and of many capes, <laughs> and she is in the house today to talk about all the cool things that she does, including Higher Than This, as well as Women of Endurance, and I want to bring her in right now. Uh, hey, sis! Howdy, girl. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to see your face. I am excited to be here. I'm super <laughs> proud of you. So, like, oh man, happy sister moment. Oh, kick. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I definitely want to talk to you about everything that you have going on. But I really, we we don't have like a formal relationship. We right. don't have a space where we're like, okay, so tell me about everything you have going on. No, and I want you to be able to talk about all these. We don't have that. <laughs> we talk about <laughs> we talk like this all the time. Exactly. So I want. We just, we just gonna kick it. We this we just happen to be having a conversation, and mics are live. So that's that that's it. So I'm down for the get down. I'm yeah. Down. So we're gonna bring in. Um, we're gonna start with the question actually that okay. I posed to Marcus Shea earlier, and whatever your brain goes with this question, just follow it. Gotcha. So, what makes you laugh or smile when your brain goes sad? Uh. Episodes of Martin or Jamie Foxx show. That's that's where I go. Like, I need to watch Martin tell Brother Man from the fifth floor to hit the dough, and that brings you know that brings me back to life. <laughs> okay, okay. What's your favorite episode? Oh man, is it favorite know. episode? Like not even to take it farther. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a favorite episode, at least give me a favorite sequence. Give Listen, me a favorite like my favorite episode. Is when Martin needed to find out who killed his mama bird. <laughs> Let me tell you something. He made everybody dress in black and sit around that table and had that fake dog <laughs> barking at folks. <laughs> like he was Nino Brown. Sit your father for me, Girl, I lost <laughs> it. I want no more good for nobody. And the dope thing about it is that Tommy lost it too. In that episode, he did he was rolling. He was he like, he broke all character. Like he was like, man, if you don't go on here, <laughs> <laughs> why are you doing this today, bro? Why are you doing this today, bro? Exactly. So it was like, that's my favorite episode. I think I have no, no. Y'all can't take my black heart because this is the way I was raised. Okay, okay. I did not grow up on Martin. I grew up on Fresh Prince. Okay, that's cool. So, that's still a good show too. Yeah. So I wasn't like, it wasn't. I wasn't allowed to watch Martin. But it was more like Martin 
I guess the, the people in my house thought that Martin would go over my head. This is right. the same person that would sneak and watch the Chris Rock show. So I don't right. understand why people feel yeah. that way. But <laughs> I didn't grow up on it. So I got into Martin like high school mm-hmm. versus growing up with it. Right. And I think <laughs> I think my favorite is the one where it's it's more like lines versus like actual episodes. Right. So for me, I love the episode when Homegirl gives birth. In the oh whole, in goodness. the in the apartment, right in the apartment, and, and the baby jump, and the baby jump out the joint, <laughs> and he go, and I think Tommy keeps asking him where the water is. He's like, "We don't need no water, Tommy. This is TV." <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my. Fa- I'm like, oh. it's like, dang, he is right. But you know, another good one <laughs> is the one when Martin went to California. Mm-hmm. Hollywood swinging is the name of the episode. <laughs> And when I tell you, I think every person who has a dream done been in that predicament that Martin was in where you said, you know what, I'm going to get this by any means. And I mm-hmm. said, I don't care if I got to get on TV yep. and sing with Jodeci, Nick Knack, Paddywhack, get a dog a bone, <laughs> but I'm finna get this. Lord. <laughs> I felt that on a spiritual level. I was like, Martin, you better go for your dream. So now I need to go back and watch that Listen, episode. The Varnell Hill show is where he was at. Oh, was- yeah. Isn't that what... Um- Tommy Davidson. Yes. yes okay, okay, okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to watch it tonight. You're going to find this on YouTube right now. Right yeah, that's how I, fe- I felt that way about Fresh Prince. One of my favorite episodes of Fresh Prince was, um, it sounds weird, but it was the blooper episode. I like the blooper one. The blooper episode was classic to me because it was all these funny mess ups. Funny mess ups, <laughs> but these funny like black people allowing themselves to screw up, allowing themselves to be. Um, authentic and vulnerable and just be in this space like, yo, I messed up. Right. And being able to laugh at themselves. That's one of my favorite episodes. The part when he get mad at Carlton, he out with a chicken suit. Oh, my goodness. And he get mad at Carlton, he throw his head at him. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody put a, a banana peel there. I don't know what happened. But next thing you know, like he fell, he falls forward in the yes. chicken suit and he can't move. Yes. It's, one of my <laughs> it's like, Paul, Paul. It's, he's just... That's what I say about some some, and he starts to march like you ain't never seen somebody so mad in a chicken suit march off. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> you can't really be upset. Like I, I don't know the the velocity of how angry he was is what caught him up. But <laughs> he was just gone. <laughs> I was like, oh no. But <laughs> still laughing now. Still laughing. That is one that you can play that episode right now, and I will crack up like I'm eight years old. And so, <laughs> so I love, that show. I love the idea that. <laughs> You came in quick with the with the episodes. Like, let me tell you, <laughs> Martin season two, Girl, episode five. That's my truth. <laughs> that's my truth. Martin then got me through many hard days. Okay, tell me about it. Listen, Martin <laughs> is the one. I mean, even the episode where Gina was trying to get herself right for her man high school reunion, and she went to that dentist that day to yeah, get her teeth her cleaned, mouth was honey, mm. and her mouth was swollen. She, she was, was on drugs, yeah. and she was just tore up from the floor. <laughs> but she meant she was gonna hold her man down. <laughs> Speaking of, I was gonna say that's off. a beautiful segue. <laughs> Of taking off that your is cape. a beautiful segue. She, she was gonna hold her man down. He told yes. me, like, Man, you could just stay at home. She was like, Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm gonna do all of this for you. <laughs> Busted and disgusted, but she meant <laughs> she had to do it for him. She had to. So, yes, that is a beautiful segue. Yes. How, how did you come up with everything that you're doing right now? Like, how did you know this was the space that you wanted to reach from? 
And how do you continue going in this space while remaining someone who's very adamant about taking off your cape? And explain to people what, in your definition of taking off your cape means. Oh, okay. All right. Give it to me. So, <laughs> That's what we do here on know, My Depression's Got Jokes. Give it all to me. <laughs> um, with that, for me, the place that I was in where I decided that more women need to take off their capes is that I was seeing so many of my female friends slowly killing themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, they was tad balls. Yeah. Like, legit tired. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, they weren't just like, I need to go take a nap. They were like, I need to leave mm -hmm. this whole environment that I'm at and take a few days mm -hmm. to get myself right. And I felt that women weren't doing that enough because it was pushed on them that they have to be everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of sisters, they never put the S on their chest. Like, it was just put there for yeah, them. Yeah, you were born with it. it was, you were born with it. It right. was like a rite of passage. Like, here you go. All right. Carry here's your, on. Here's your like, license to save everybody else but yourself. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you just sit over there and do what you do, but you yeah. need to take care of everybody else. So mm -hmm. once I realized that a lot of women weren't taking care of themselves, I was like, oh, snap. Houston, we have a problem. Right. Because contrary to popular belief, if you're not good, nobody around you is going to be good. Yeah. So that's your relationship with your significant other, your relationship with your children, your relationship with your parents or whomever, your relationship at work. Um, you're not going to be good to anyone. So I wanted women to start working from within and then being able to give. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where my passion came from. And Honestly, for me, I was a stay-at-home wife and mother for five years, married to the military. And that's where this movement really came from. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of resentment uh, towards my ex-husband, uh, even towards my daughter at times, because they were out here just living. Mm -hmm. You know, she, if he take her to Chuck E. Cheese, I'm salty. I'm like, so she get to go yeah. to the bounce house? Like, she get to live today? Like, <laughs> That's how y'all gonna roll today. She, she get to go into the, you know into, the into the little balls. I know they peeing them balls, you know, but I, I I wonder how the chance to be in the balls. You know, he go to if I go in the car and I see a Wendy's container, a Nuggets. I'm like, so you living at Wendy's now? Like right, you, you, you getting four pieces? I ain't getting no fry. Extra chili sauce. Come on, dog. Didn't bring me nothing. Damn. So I had to realize that my beef was not with them. It was with me more so because I was not saying, Dad, I need my mm -hmm. moment. Like, my daughter has no problem saying, yo, y'all going to take me to Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to set it off up in here. <laughs> and she gets to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Um, so, and the same thing with my ex-husband. If he wanted to go do something, he'd do it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what he needed, as he said, to decompress. Yeah. So I realized I never had time to decompress. I mm -hmm. was always on. So that's where... I decided to start taking off my cape mm -hmm. and getting back to me. So, so what does decompressing look like for Nikita now? Decompressing for Nikita now looks like uh, me actually going, calling you, <laughs> calling my other girls, and meeting everybody at Wabi Sabi in Petersburg, Virginia. Y'all show some love. <laughs> in case you ever in the you state. Know, in case you ever in Petersburg, Virginia, you know what I'm like saying? going out there. Get blessed. Right. Um, but that's what it looks like for me. Okay. It looks like me getting my girlfriends away from their other roles and just getting back to who they are. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I am Coach Q. Mm -hmm. When I go to Wabi Sabi, I'm just Quita. Yeah. So when I decompressing for me looks like just being Quita mm -hmm. and not 
any of the other titles that I have. Okay. So in regards to that, because I love how you broke out um, between Coach Q and Quita, mm -hmm. what is Coach Q's theme song? Uh, Coach Q's theme song is actually higher than this, hmm. which is the name of my business. Look at you with the segues, yo. Yes, girl. You was doing um, it. You know, this is what I do. Amen. Um, higher Than This is a song by Lettucey, and I absolutely love and adore her. Yes. But the song is pretty much saying what can be higher than this, you know, that level of peace, that level of happiness, that level of love that you finally reach when you're like, wow, this is a game changer. Mm -hmm. So that's Coach Q's theme song. <laughs> now, Quita's theme song? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead with that. <laughs> Oh, y'all, for that. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> my theme song for me, uh, it can, it just kind of depends on the day. But okay. uh, for today, my theme song was actually. Hmm, where am I at today? Hmm. That's a good word right there to have yeah. a daily theme song. You yeah, don't you have, should, it don't have to say you the same. Legit, way. have a daily theme song. Yeah, It'll put you in that place. My theme song for today is Kelly Price's "It's My Time." Oh, I think every woman should have that on any mobile device, anything that plays music for them. I mean, on your song list, your playlist, have it on there so it can get you amped. Because hmm. that song is a game changer for me. That's beautiful. I think mine for a long time was New Birth Wildflower. Oh, okay. Shut up, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew he was going to complain about, like, yo, you're, you're a whole millennial, and you brought out that old-ass song. But <laughs> we commented on how you were a whole millennial when we had a little computer thing earlier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was about to show her how to do something, and then she had, like, done it as I was trying to show her how to do it. And I'm used to being the person that knows that stuff, yeah, and she just ran like, laps around me, right? And she's going to do that right in front of me, huh? <laughs> He was like, move this here. And I was like, me like, shoop, shoop, shoop. and he was like, wrong girl. I didn't even get a chance. Get out of my face. Like, <laughs> Just get out of my face. Get out of my damn face. Being smart and shit. So <laughs> I was like, well, if you hate what I'm doing over here, you're going to hate what I'm doing over here. This you laptop. Know. So I was like, <laughs> okay. That. But that was, that was my theme song for a really long time. And I still love that song. I love the meaning behind it. Um, that's a good, I haven't, I don't know if I've had a theme song for, does anything um, from RuPaul's Drag Race count? Yeah, <laughs> listen, RuPaul be getting it on that show, the whole show. <laughs> I'm trying to watch them and keep up, but the music is just jumping. Yo. I'm like, do he have a playlist yet? He got, he got, he, they got a whole bunch of stuff on, on Spotify. Oh, I got to look. Because uh, that, that is a big part of my self-care. So as far as... Coach Q, everything that you have going on. Tell us more about Higher Than This. Tell us more about Women of Endurance. And tell us about how you factor in into all of these things. Because I think we, especially us as women, women of color, black business owners, mm -hmm. black um, anything almost, we tend to engross ourselves in the thing that we create. Right. And then we lose ourselves. Right. And then we get mad at everybody else going, why didn't you help me? Why didn't right. you do this? Why didn't you do that? Right. So how do you navigate that? on top of still being active right. in these spaces? Uh, for me, I am the mother of a 
three-year-old and a seven-year-old, a single mom. They are hilarious, y'all. <laughs> they are, especially the baby. The Girl, baby just Miss Sassy Pants. She had that age where she just. She already knows who she is. So right. It's just like, move out that girl's way. Because <laughs> um, she's going to do her. Uh, but which is what I wanted for her. Mm-hmm. Because I was not that girl. Same. So I wanted her to be as outspoken, assertive, dope as she could be as early as she could be. Yeah. So nobody could sway her. And she's all of that in a bag of chips. Well, she out here. Um, now, for me, as far as how do I navigate all of my different worlds, mm-hmm. because being Coach Q for higher than this, what I specialize in is helping women and couples go from hopeless to hopeful. Nice. So I'm trying to help people go from a state of it is what it is to a state of let's do better. Mm-hmm. Um, so with me doing that, it also gets me into my nonprofit organization, which is Women of Endurance, which helps women specifically get back on their feet. That's what my whole game plan is, because when I left my marriage um, of almost six years, there was nothing to help me mm-hmm. get back on my feet. So I wanted a safe place where women could come to and cry it out and get resources on how to get back on track. So... I'm excited about that. And then when I'm not doing those things, I'm extremely active in my community. Mm -hmm. So I've made it pretty obvious for everybody that there's all these different lines, lanes that Mm -hmm. I'm in. Uh, But I make sure that I don't spread myself too thin. Mm -hmm. And then when I do feel like I'm spreading myself too thin, I go do a chat and chew with my girls. Nice. That's just my way of getting back to... Nikita and not losing her and everything else that I have going on. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about our chat and choose that are supposed to be brainstorming meetings, right, but never right. actually happen. So we don't do no work at. <laughs> we don't do a lick of work. We come with the laptop and exactly. the notebooks and all that. Yeah, it girl, just be sitting you? there, sitting there talking and be and decompressing and talking about the things that yeah. we don't allow ourselves to talk about in in mixed company. Right. So. Let's talk about how Nikita got to this point and where she wants to go from here. Cause, so we did talk about uh, aspiring author. Right. And you wanted to create some safe spaces and some events that right. have to do with couples. And right. So what does 2019, 2020, I guess, besides trying to run for president, looks like for Quita? Uh, 2019 is going to have more chat and shoes for women. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to be themed chat and shoes. So what I'm trying to do is I've already did one focus group where I'm trying to identify the need so that I can meet it with Mm -hmm. women. So, you know, a lot of women, they don't understand that when I ask my questions of the day on Facebook, it's also a focus group because I need to find out what these women are really needing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the chat and choose, it might be chat and choose for, you know, women who are in a relationship, 
but they're not going to be able to bring their significant other because I need for them to be truthful. Yeah. And I need to be able to help them help their relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to be doing chat and choose for single moms. Nice. You know, girl, how's your day going? And I want them to be truthful. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you to answer as a mom. I just want you to answer as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do chat and choose for the awesomely awesome women who don't have a sister circle. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it to where each different group of women has their own sister circle Mm -hmm. so that even if Coach Q is not available, you have other sisters that you've met in the sister circle at the chat and chew that you can link up with. So if I'm out here, you know, my mommy duties, Mm -hmm. you still have another sister in the group that you can say, girl, I know Quita busy, but let's go to (laughs) Wabi Sabi. You know, let's let's go do something so that you can still have someone there. And... um, I'm I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the couples are concerned, I am working diligently to try to get with some of these bed and breakfasts so that I can start hosting weekend getaways. Nice. Couples don't do that enough. Right. To a couple, they really feel that if they watch um, Hip Hop Squares together for 30 minutes <laughs> that they had... That was date night. You know, that was date night. Yeah. You know, they're good. Mm-hmm. And even though she's mad and he's bored... They think, oh, no, we spend time together. It's mm-hmm. like, no. The kids are upstairs coughing. You just left your man to go get the kid. Like, you need time away. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I am getting everyone around me to understand that there's nothing wrong with taking time to cultivate these relationships that mean so much to you in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do that enough. No, no. Before we know it, our kids, our oldest can be... Our, you know, our friends are got married, you know, started a new job, and you know, all we do now is just write on their wall on Facebook and say congratulations, girl, <laughs> and keep it moving. And we don't celebrate our wins enough. Yeah, as black women, uh, most importantly, because we're just like, okay, she's superwoman, she's always winning. And yeah, it's like no, take time celebrate that she just won. Like, give her that. Show her some love. So, I want to make sure that everybody is understanding that you got to pour into people instead of just allowing them to pour into you. So, we're going to work that out in 2019, 2020. Nice. So, besides you running for president? Girl. (laughs) At this point, anybody can run for president. President of the PTA. That's where my job stopped. <laughs> At this point, anybody can run for president. Girl. So, <laughs> so I really want to talk about, because you, you touched on it earlier, mm-hmm. your Coach Q nuggets and your questions of the day That's right. tend to be, the nuggets not so much, because the nuggets are very pointed and, and are what they are. Oh, right. The questions, though, right. tend to go along those lines of revolutionary right. to who gave this person internet access? Right. So, <laughs> right. so without having to name names and anybody that follows her <laughs> on Facebook, don't go looking for this question so you can see what she's talking about. But if you want to, do it at your own discretion. Don't be like, they sent me here. Don't, don't, be, don't be a YouTube commentary and be like, the queen sent me here. Don't, don't do, do that. It. So what have been some of the questions that you have posed and some of the wildest answers that you have received. Because I've seen some, and I've had to hit you up personally and been yeah, like, girl. girl. 
everything in me want to go off on this person I don't know, but this your page. Well, for me, what I tend to do is I am a thought provoker. I, <laughs> I, You're a thought leader. You know, I pride myself on making people think. Because I do feel like we are in a society where people just go along to get along. Yeah. And it's like that. It's a bunch of group so think. so 1993. Like, yeah. we're not doing that. Yeah. Like, I need for y'all to be forward thinking. Mm -hmm. So, one of my questions of the day that got a lot <laughs> of comments was... Comments in parentheses. Girl. <laughs> comments in air quotes. And inboxes. <laughs> and emails. And phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst a thousand other things. I mean, people even walk up to me in the grocery store like, girl. Girl, you I remember the thing you put on Facebook three weeks girl, ago? Girl, I didn't want to comment on that because I know I was going to hurt somebody's feelings. But here's my answer. Like, <laughs> I, I can't record like, it right I, now, but sure. Yeah, I'm about to get my baby some cereal. Just we sitting here in the aisle. I got you pads know? in my hand. <laughs> and you just right here like, let me tell care. you. They no, don't care. No. Um, one of my craziest questions of the day that I didn't think it was a big deal, but it turned out to be a big deal is... The question of the day where it says, if a man makes $75,000 per year and his woman makes $33,000 per year, should the man pay more in bills? Mm -hmm. Should they split the bills? Or should the woman pay as much as the man should and all that good stuff? I didn't know there were so many people who felt so passionate about it. Mm -hmm. Because in my mind, you know, like, we're a team. We're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm going to do what I can. You do what you can. And we're going to work that thing out. And the men were like, no, girl. <laughs> you and Beyonce and Michelle Obama told us y'all was independent. Y'all don't need us for nothing. <laughs> no. Don't keep me this old 75 girl, grand to myself. I was like, say what now? The man was like, no. We're not paying all the bills. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like goodness. You make a good but, forty thousand more. You know, like but forty two thousand. Like, no. They was like, no, y'all was out there with Beyonce. All the women independent. Throw your hands up at me. Like, what's up? I was like, wow. I was like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, ladies, please remember. Don't sing certain songs around your man because he'll remember it. <laughs> and he would throw that thing up in your face, honey. <laughs> so with that being said, it was it was a game changer. Cause I think on that question of the day, I had over 150 comments. Of, oh my god. And the men were like livid. They were like, So you want me to be like, no, I don't want you to, but I thought you would, you know, you my main, you know. They like, nah. I'm oh like, my God. Now there was some, don't get me wrong, it's some men who have that provider protector mentality like if my woman ain't making what I'm making I got her even if she was me still being a man you know I got us but it's something that that's a no-go for them mm -hmm. oh my gosh and you know most of the women they were like no I shouldn't have to pay the same thing I'm not making as much as he is see but that's the thing that I'm laughing at right now on one, on one side, the women are like, I'm not making as much as he is, so that's the reason why I shouldn't do it. The men are like, oh, but y'all independent, so right. you should be able to. Mm -hmm. like, hold on, dog. Uh -huh. hold on, These mom. are two different things you mad about. Exactly. Like, you make it 75, I make it 32, and you like, you independent. Yeah. You got to pick, pick your struggle, bro. Right. You can't have me doing it. Mm -mm. No, no, <laughs> no. But then it's like a double-edged sword because it's like the woman is letting you know that 
she's not where you are at financially and you're downplaying her. You you know, you're like chastising mm-hmm. her. So it's like, can I be vulnerable with you? Can I right. live my truth with you? Or do I just need to like not say anything and just struggle while yeah. I'm in a relationship and go get a second job to prove something to you? Yeah. It's a double edged sword and you you just go ahead and say it. It's bullshit. Yeah. So like, you just go no. ahead and say it. So how how do you how do you moderate that? How do you sit in the midst of that? Well, for me, I have to. I always use myself as an example. See, I went from being a military wife who's a stay-at-home wife and mother, and I did not work. So I'm just there taking care of the household. So my ex-husband, he was fitting the bill. So that's what I saw. But I've also had relationships where this is 50-50 thing. So I'm on both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It could be one of the other. I, that's why I am so adamant, and people look at me like I'm crazy, when I say the questions of the day are not a game. Like I'm trying to prep you while you're out here in this dating world. Mm-hmm. This is how you gauge how far you go with somebody. Like drop them questions. Mm-hmm. Like y'all sitting there at Red Lobster getting down over them cheddar biscuits, like, you need to be asking bro some questions. Like, you know what I'm saying? How do you feel about this? You know, what's your financial goals? Like, you know, like, is this it? Or do you want to one day open your own business? Like, find mm-hmm. out things like that because that can be a game changer. Don't wait until y'all in it and then something happened and then y'all have to have a conversation because yeah. then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a game changer because you're going to find out and you're already in it. Yeah. Girl, get all that stuff beforehand. Sir, ma'am, that's, ask the questions beforehand. That's real. My, one of my questions would be, um, how do you handle yourself emotionally? <sighs> Say what now? Because it's a whole lot of folk, myself included. Yeah. Run around here. Um, well, at one point before I really like got my got my shit together, yeah, uh, running around here wounded and just angry and mad and doing all this other stuff and just ready to take it down on anybody that would give me the time of day. And it's like, let me tell you, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people this all the time, and they look at me like I'm crazy. I have been divorced since July first of 2015. Mm-hmm. All that time, mm-hmm. I needed to heal. Yeah. We in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> all that time I You're needed to heal. You're coming up on the anniversary. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Girl, all that time I needed to heal. Yeah. People, we are in such a fast food mentality. Everything is immediate, immediate, mm-hmm. microwave, microwave. And it's like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the rush is. Yeah. Take your time. Heal yourself. I mean, people say it's cliche, but it's nothing but facts. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. So if I'm not healed, ain't nothing I can do except hurt you. Yeah. And it's not intentional. It's not intentional at all. But if I haven't healed from my past hurts, mm-hmm. I'm about to hurt you. I'm yeah. about to hurt you bad. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that because I felt like in my last relationship, I got hurt because... This person wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. I saw the red flags, but I didn't want to see the red flags. I'm a Pisces. (laughs) (laughs) So we think we can love people through everything. (laughs) Negative ghostwriter. Damn, boy. We can't do it. Damn, what a sign. You know, (laughs) calming, loving. We can't do it. Mm -hmm. So after learning that, I don't have a problem with saying, you know, peeping the red flags and being like, bro, you ain't ready. 
Mm-hmm. You ain't ready. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to chill on that. We can flirt every now and again on the book or whatever, but <laughs> ain't no love connection on this thing. Yeah. So living your truth. I tell people to live in their truth. And for me, emotionally, I live in my truth every mm-hmm. day. If I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad day. That's real. So how do you, how do you exist in the space where it's almost like you know the end game? Because you've been prepped and privy and been doing the work in these spaces. How do you exist in that going like, you know what? I see that red flag. Mm-hmm. I see that over here. I see this coming. I see that. Like, how do you exist in that space when it seems like everybody else around you is completely clueless, completely blind? Oh, I, I don't mind being a bad guy. Okay. Um, I think that's something that more people need to do. Mm-hmm. And when I say the bad guy, you know, the bad guy is always the person in a movie, a TV show, a cartoon, and it's like they are so honest. Yeah. You know, they are honest no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's the type of person I am. If I see the red flags, I can tell you that that's that, and we're not going to do this because that red flag is there. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it is. Yeah. And I've had people who got upset with me. I've had people who say, oh, my goodness, stop trying to coach me. I'm not one of your clients. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's just the truth. If yeah. you live in your truth, you're able to see things differently. When you don't live in your truth, you tend to accept things that are no good for anybody in the equation. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting in a situation and a man can only call me um, after 11, Mm -hmm. I can only see him every blue moon, Mm -hmm. Um, he calls, talks to me for like two, three minutes, and then Mm -hmm. he's gone, I have to be able to live in the truth that there's something else going on in that situation. And I have to say to myself, do I want to be a part of it or not? Mm -hmm. You know, black or white. Yeah. There's no gray area in there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like to make a gray area. A lot of people like to deal with potential instead of reality. I'm a realist now. (laughs) So I'm dealing with the reality. So I think if more people deal with the reality, we'll have a lot less episodes of Snapped. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't have to snap when you're dealing with reality. You snap when you dealt with potential, when you hope, when you had a a vibe that it would get different. You know, you prayed on it and mm-hmm. all that good stuff and that God was going to turn it around. Mm-hmm. No, deal with the reality. Mm-hmm. It gets easier. So how do you deal, how do you reconcile that, like that person that is in that space of I'm praying about it. I'm, you know, cause we've seen miracles, mm-hmm. but like, how do you, how do you balance out the two between being a realist and being somebody who's like, I see how this can right. do whatever it needs well, to do. Well, I pride myself on being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> uh, I am a church girl, honey. Been that way for years. But on the other hand, I am a Bible reader. I read the Word. I study the Word. Mm-hmm. And people have the tendency to think that God is a genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. That he can just make things happen. You wish and it's going to happen. I'm real big on faith without work. It's dead. Yeah. So I can have all the faith in the world. But if I'm not opening my eyes and doing the work, I'm completely going to miss the message. Yeah. And a lot of times people miss the message because they're like, oh, 
Jesus gonna work it out, you know. They gonna if you let them, you know. Willy won't, Willy will, all Jesus gonna work it out. And yeah, in some situations, things work out, but God needs a little bit of help too. Yeah. So you gotta, again, I go back to living in your truth and understanding that you gotta do some work. That God is not gonna do it all for you. Yeah. So. I'm really excited to keep talking to you. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to uh, take a quick commercial break. You have time to like sit back and relax and enjoy some other stuff that we got going on. Yeah. Yay. All right. And we will be right back. Y'all like our intro music. Okay. <laughs> I love a good intro music. Okay. So we are at the part of the show where we just get really I guess even more silly and goofy and random. Um, so I have just random things that I thought about that really make me happy when it comes down to like what I need on a regular basis, especially somebody that deals with what I deal with. So I'm just going to ask you random questions and be like, hey, what do you think about these things? How do they make you feel? Um, car napkins in the glove box. Are we for it? Are we not for it? How do we feel? Listen here. <laughs> Listen, they are a Marcus J, you can join in. <laughs> they are a necessity in my life uh, because I'm a snacker. I do my lunch in my car. I have a three-year-old again and a seven-year-old. <laughs> and my three-year-old, she eats like a savage. So, I mean, <laughs> at any point, she will just put her hand on the window. like With the, with the chicken. With the ketchup just... on it. Just be like, Mom, did you see? I just want to know Boss what move. Like. Straight boss move. That's a boss move. <laughs> And what you gonna do? You ain't gonna do nothing. Get but get mad and clean it up. That's a boss move. Exactly what happens too. Three year olds are bosses. Three year olds, like yo, I I will clip a three year old. I I, I am totally for napkins in the glove compartment. (laughs) Like if you get in my car, I'm one of those people who is obsessed about my car being clean on, Mm -hmm. particularly on the inside. Outside, yeah, I want it clean on outside, but the inside. You're not gonna see no 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 crummy carpets or none of that kind of stuff. So you know people like me, and I got OCD. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I got. And the napkins is not just thrown in the glove box; they have to be nice and neat in the glove box. Do you have a specific type of napkin? I just need them to be the same color. I'm not going to go to like. You know, I enjoy I'm not gonna get the brown ones and then mix them with the white ones. Like if I get some <laughs> so brown ones, your napkins? I'm yeah. gonna throw the yeah, I'm throwing the white ones out. <laughs> <laughs> the joints going in the trash. You know what I'm saying? I like give me some brown ones, yeah. they going in. They take precedent. <laughs> The brown napkins. I'm to some black napkins. Yo, though. it's napkin yeah. supremacy. I'm just saying, yo. I need. Gotta black you gotta I'm, find black power napkins. You gotta find black napkins. Black, napkins. black owned business. Yes. And uh, black napkins matter. Black neighborhood. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I got white napkins. You know, <laughs> I, I do. I have white napkins. I have three white napkins. I have, I have white napkins. <laughs> but you know what's crazy about white napkins, though, for real, though, like when everything comes out of you, you see it all. True. Yeah. And I'd rather get the black ones. I want the mystery. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not always so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Something going on with my metabolism. Oh, so I'm right. sick or something. Like, right. It's the color I'm not used like, to. Oh, I'm why like, does it look wow, like that? Wow, you know, I might hey, need to go see a doctor. If it was a black doctor. napkin, I could just own it. It's a black yeah. napkin. It just goes about like, ah, into so napkin hell. 
where napkins go when they die. Where napkin goes to die. Yeah, napkins go to die. I love a good car napkin. My favorite is Chick Fil A because I think when you when you walk away with a bunch of napkins from Chick Fil A, they just kind of look at you. Go, okay, well, have a nice day. God bless you. You go anywhere else, they're like, why you want all these damn napkins? You already asked for ketchup. Why you want all these damn napkins for? Like, because I need car napkins. What you mean? Don't act like you don't know. Right. Exactly. What you, you mean? Know, you know what this is for, bro. Car, Stop playing with car me. Car napkins make me feel the same way that like purse gum. <laughs> I need gum. Like if I don't have gum, I'm going to be like, yo, my left arm is missing. I, I don't ha- carry a purse. So <laughs> um, I don't have purse gum. But I do keep gum in all my cars. See? Mm-hmm. I keep gum in all my cars. See? Okay. I was about to try to clown, but I had to keep it all the way 100. <laughs> I, I keep going in all my cars, man. Oh, that's one of the things I go in the grocery store and it's like, do I have gum? I feel like I need gum. And even like, because I kept forgetting that I already had gum, I bought like two different packs. Now you I got go, more gum. Now I got extra gum. Exactly. I feel that same way about car earrings. <laughs> like everything's right now is about car, cars and things that are on the Car earrings? Person. So you have car different earrings? earrings. Is no, that, like. Is that a sister thing? Because I don't. It could potentially be a sister thing. It, it's one of those things where, at least for me, it's if I walk out the house and I haphazardly forget that I don't have earrings on, I can count on my. Car earrings. I, I can count on my car earrings. So do you have like a whole setup and wardrobe in the car? No. Just ironically, earrings. no. Just earrings. Know, just earrings. I have earrings. I have car earrings. You I have shoes? I, have I used shoes. to have shoes. I, do the I bet shoes. you in the summertime, your cars okay. be stinking. You open the trunk, I was like, damn, she got a body in there. Why does it smell like James? Oh, my bad. It's just my shoes. Yeah, it's my it's shoes. just my shoes. I went on a run. Don't judge me. I went on a run. <laughs> You sound real just Don't let it be around. sneakers that you ran into. You're around. You sound oh, real my goodness. right now. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> but I have that. I have like, I have um, is it purse Advil. I have like certain meds that go like, I have a house Advil, like a house meds. And then I have purse meds. Travel meds. <laughs> because I, I frequently get headaches. Right. So it's like I need something that's going to ease that. But you take me, a BC powder. It, the powder goes right to your bloodstream. That joint gone in a half a yeah. second. Grief. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, like, me, the drawback like, it looks like cocaine, but it's not. That, you know what I'm saying? So if I am, if I'm at like a stop and I'm like, but you don't want to sniff it by headache. accident, dude. Like if it gets too close, or if it gets in the air while you're trying to take it and you smell it, you're like, bro, you trying to <laughs> you trying to die? Yeah. Like yeah. you either it, it's in between. Like you either die or you get super high. It's one, there's no in between. But it's you ain't got no head, headache no more. You ain't got a headache no more because you did. <laughs> Some headaches you would betray, you would choose death. <laughs> you, you get the right. That BC powder, you know, you know damn well there ain't no BC powder. Um, I love BC. But these powder. are the things. <laughs> I grew up with BC powder. My mom used to take it all the time. Yeah, and it used would. to, it used to freak. It must be an older person thing. Yeah, my mom would. Cause my mom would be like shoot them joints, and I'm like, how? My yeah. grandma, she would take them like legit to the head. Wouldn't even yeah. need them. Bottle water. Oh, I figured out how to That's do that too. Like, I, I, if I'm in savage mode and I don't have no water, I could take a BC powder. But no. I tell you, it's got a really weird flavor to it. Yes, if you eat it the right way, and medicine. then you and then you take sip the water the right way, you go. The aftertaste hits you, and you'd be like, <laughs> I forgot I was in pain. Yeah, because you focus on it. And it taste. <laughs> how do you feel about like? When you go when you go out to a restaurant and you have like you know the little the glasses and stuff that they have on there, 
Are you an ice person? Not an ice person? Not an ice person. Uh, one of my first jobs was Wendy's. And the job, they told us, when you give somebody a drink, you give them 75% ice. They're honestly only going to get about 25%. Drink like they like give them all that ice, give them that drink, and that it's was economical. a game changer for me. And I was like, no, these drinks are too expensive. Yeah, and I'm gonna get all drinks. It's so economical. I don't want any ice. They're like, you sure? I'm like, I'm sure. Yo, did you see her face? Yo, I'm sure. I'm sure. Ask me again. They'll come back. You know, they know the drink is warm. They're like, you still don't want any ice. I will drink this warm drink. I said I want a drink. I will drink this hot ass tap water. This hot sweet tea. I'm gonna drink this hot, you know, carbonated soda. It's fine. I came straight out the tap. I'm gonna tap have ice. Give me my drink. I felt I have two dollars. No, I have family in New York, and the last time I went to visit them on like a solid three, four days that I was up there, and my youngest, to me, cousin, she's the closest one to my age, took me out, and I forgot about the whole northern people don't do ice. <laughs> I was sitting in the restaurant like, so y'all not, y'all not gonna come back with ice? Like, because <laughs> I'm being. Southern, even though like they think they slick with their ice. I know yeah. what y'all doing. Yeah. They, think they, <laughs> they think they slick. I know exactly what y'all doing. Y'all not gonna play. I want everything Bruh. I'm supposed to get. I want all, all of it. it. I'm I coming for everything it. I want. <laughs> Give me my drink. <laughs> Hold the ice. Are you sure? And here go the yes. kicker though. Yes. The kicker is most of the time the drink comes out of a chilled environment. That's anyway. what I'm saying. Thank That's you. what I'm saying. It's already chilled. Why is this room temperature unless I ask for it? Exactly. See. And I grew up, one of my first jobs was in um, food service. Okay. So seeing those different things, I understand right. that aspect of like, yo, yeah. this is why y'all really be like, out here doing this? Me. No. This is how y'all really out here? No, bro. That's gross. So I, des- I deserve better. And I, deserve better. <laughs> I deserve better. I deserve better. I deserve All right, <laughs> So we're going to go into a segment that I... Um, lovingly called Rewrite the Script. Script as in prescription. So, because we are a show that is dedicated to mental health, we do not shy away from the things that denote mental health, including That's right. medication. That's right. There is nothing wrong with you if you have to take daily meds. You are doing what is best for your sanity. You are doing what is best for yourself. You aren't broken. You aren't messed up because you have to take meds. It is okay. Um, so, it's very similar to rewriting your own narrative. So if somebody has pissed you off, something has pissed you off, here's a space where you get to rewrite that script. And it could be very well, sister so-and-so told you that you need to go pray about it. This is what you would have said to sister so-and-so versus what you said before. You may have been somebody like me who was very passive at one point and been mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, thank you. And reality... What I would say now is completely different. So this is the space where you get to rewrite the script. And it could be, it's a noun, it could be person, place, thing, idea. Um, There's no wrong way to do it. Just this is where you get to take the mic. Okay. So are you going to rewrite your script? Yeah, I'm a part of it too. Okay. I just letting everybody know, Marcus, you part of it too. (laughs) Just letting everybody know, like, this is what is what you can do in this space and this is a space where you do get to get some stuff off of your chest especially those of us who 
who either deal or I don't want I don't like to say struggle um, deal with mental mental ashiness. Mm-hmm. We don't always get the space and the time because our brains don't always allow us to real really be open and honest about how we feel. Right. We especially. You know, going back to me being somebody who has depression and anxiety, I lived a lot of my life quiet. Right. A lot of my life just stoic and being like, I can't feel this way. I had to right. be on, especially because people counted on me to do certain things, to be a certain, be a certain way. I couldn't acknowledge, yo, I'm tired. Right. I'm scared. I'm right. frustrated. I'm lonely. Right. I'm, I couldn't say all of those things without somebody being like, well... I just saw you out mm-hmm. doing such and such. Like, yeah, because I have high-functioning depression, which right. means I can still go about my life and still feel like sh- complete and other shit. Right. So it's like, I, and I can still get stuff done, right. kind of. Right. So in those spaces is where I'm like, yo, I want to rewrite that script and be like, yeah, that person that in third grade told me I won't ever going to be nothing because I think too hard mm-hmm. and I'm the quiet kid in class. You can suck it. Right. Like, <laughs> and this, buddy. Is, this is me rewriting my script. So, okay. So, yeah. Okay, I'm ready to rewrite my script, honey. Go ahead, girl. I got some stuff. I got so, some stuff, to honey. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a that was a Ru- y'all gonna hear a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> references on here, just so y'all know, because I'm obsessed. It's going to be RuPaul's Drag Drag Race. It's most likely going to be also Hamilton. So if you hear any of these references, don't panic. <laughs> just know these are a huge part of my self care. So if you hear me coming in to be like, my name is Jasmine Masters, and I have something to say, just go look it up. <laughs> Don't ask me. Just go look it up. And if you follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, just be like, girl, what are you talking about with Jasmine Masters? I would gladly show you the clip. Hello. I would tag you with her page. So <laughs> just like just letting you know. Okay. Hmm. So if I could rewrite my script, this is my script. Her script. It's my script, y'all. My script is I am the strong friend. One more time. Y'all, if y'all could read, y'all could sense the sarcasm on her face. <laughs> My script is I'm the strong friend, which is complete and utter BS. <laughs> say word, yes. say word. Yes. So with me rewriting my script, I need for everyone to understand even the strongest of the strong people have weak days. That is nothing against you. There is a time and a place where I will need to sit and gather my thoughts and I will not answer a text message, inbox, or phone call. Mm. That does not make me an evil person. Mm. That does not make me selfish. That makes me very smart. Mm. Because the only way that I can help you is if I am taking care of myself. So please stop being under the impression that your strong friends don't go through shit. Because we do. And we do it usually by our damn selves. Yeah. And that ain't cool. So if you have a strong friend, please and thank you. Check on them. If you have time. If you haven't seen them post in a couple days, call their phone. If they don't answer, leave a voicemail. Or send a text. Or send a text. Or if you're lucky enough to be able to know their mama, call their mama and say, hey, let her know. I'm thinking about her. So with that being said, stop the narrative that strong friends don't need support because it is the biggest bunch of bull malarkey (laughs) on this side of the Mississippi River. (laughs) I appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
want to turn to the next person? Senator, next question. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yo, that's real. Girl, that's real. That, is, that exhausts me. Yeah. I have lost so many friends because they are under the Girl. impression that because I am quote unquote the sister with the S on her chest that I never need anybody to check on me, mm-hmm. that I never need anybody to stop for a moment in time and say, hey, I don't want anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just checking on you. I am the person that people always come to. Yep. Don't get me wrong. It's a part of my job, yeah. being the transformation coach. Yeah. But I need for some people to say, okay, Coach Q is posting today. I wonder how Nikita is doing. Mm-hmm. Because Coach Q, this is a business. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have these apps that'll post for Coach Q. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes Queen ain't posting a damn thing. Yeah, like, I, I made this up two weeks ago. You know, because she's <laughs> super tired. Yeah. <laughs> so this was done two weeks ago. Queen is over there in the corner, exhausted, mm-hmm. and she a, can't get a, her natural hair to act right. With a, you know what I'm saying? With a bunch of black napkins on top you know of her head, saying? trying to understand life. And her daughters are downstairs screaming, saying that they want Chick-fil-A nuggets instead of a McDonald's nuggets. It's Sunday! Like, like oh, first okay. off, it's Sunday. And Chick-fil-A got a day off. Can I get one, too? Um, you know, but, you know, just rewrite my script. Y'all go on about y'all script. I'm going to be all right. We're going to be all right, Kendrick. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We're I'm going to watch Martin tonight. It's all good. We're going to be all right, Kendrick. I'm just going to cry to myself. Why are you crying? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> just give me the napkins that Marcus got in his car, and I'm going to be all right. <laughs> I don't care if they're brown or white. They're brown. <laughs> Don't matter to me. I just need to pick these chairs up. Get them for me. I need, some, I need some POC napkins. Underlay, wrap it up. I can definitely relate to that, though, because part of my existence since I was young, mm-hmm. I've always been that friend. You know, the friend that everybody calls up and right. shares their stuff with. And it's only been the last few years that I've learned to understand that, you know, you carry all of that stuff. Right. So some days you might be in a bad mood and you can't explain it. You might be carrying someone else's burden. Mm-hmm. And it's who you are. It's who we are. I wouldn't trade it. Right. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't trade it. Right. And I usually don't like to share this right. part of me because I don't want those folks who do rely on me to. to feel like right. they can't. Right. And so, but if we're sharing, because that's what the show is we about, it is, it, is sometimes a, it is sometimes a burden. I'll tell you a story. When I was 13, 14 years old, Um, My first, one of my first, not my very first, but one of my first platonic female friends, there was never any hint of romanticism there. She was just my friend. And I was hers. And we would talk about stuff. 13, 14 years old, we would talk about stuff that was pretty worldly to us at the time. And uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, just stuff. And so, you know, we went through high school and we lost touch for many years. And then the age of Facebook came along, we reconnected. And then fast forward a few years after that, I'm doing radio. And one day, just out of the blue, I get a random inbox from her. And I tell this story often, so many folks who may be listening may have heard the story. But, and many folks have not. And she sent me an inbox and she said something to the effect that I always knew that you would be helping people because of the conversations that we had as children. And for all of the shows that I've done and all of the accolades that folks like to heap upon us here at Legacy Internet Radio, that was probably one of the greatest compliments that I had ever gotten because it was genuine. I hadn't spoken to her in probably 25 years at the time, at least 20 at the time. And it's yeah, about 20 years we'd spoken at the time and it was just like, man, you see me working and you don't 
even like know the adult me. Right. You yeah. just know me from afar. Right. As far as um, changing the script, I, I would say for me, doing this radio thing has been very cathartic for me. Right. Uh, it's been it's now part of who I am. And in the early days of actually doing it, I had some folks that were close to me that didn't think that this was going to pop. Right. Didn't think that it was something that could be done and didn't think it was something that should be done. That's on a personal level. On a right. professional level, you had a lot of folks who thought because we weren't playing secular music and we weren't playing what's on, you know, pick your power, pick your hot, right. pick your, you know, celestial radio station, right. that we wouldn't be successful. And we were very clear that talk was going to be our foundation because we can get booty shaking music anywhere. Yeah. Talk would be our foundation and it would be grassroots. It would be people who are unexperienced coming in and being raw. Like me. Absolutely raw about whatever it is that they want to talk about, whatever topics. And people were not thinking that this would work. And I changed the script by saying, there's a place for you here at Legacy Internet Radio. All you have to do is make yourself known and make yourself plain. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what the detractors think. Right. Doesn't matter what the people who think they have my best interest at hand, but at the same time are steering me in the opposite direction. Listen. So you change the script and you do what you know needs to be done and it comes organically. Yeah. And that's what I did. Nice. Yeah. See, that was a that was a nice, soft, cuddly moment for Marcus. Yes. That never happens. That must be a birthday. You don't get that much. <laughs> You don't get that birthday, much. It must be a birthday. You don't day. get that much. You know, it's, it's the thing is, man, and, and again, I'll be transparent and exposed. You're not going to get this much now. So only, only, I'm bringing it out of here. You, yeah. And, and and I, I haven't done it all, at all today, but I'm going to do it now. My my little sister who goes by the name of Q <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Did it once on your, on your show. Oh my on God. your show. But, you know, I, I got this reputation being hard exterior. And I am. Make, don't, make no mistake. Like, don't come, like, crooked because I will straighten you out. But Why are you looking at me when you said that? No, not you. <laughs> no, that is my name. I'm going to no, put that just, on my just cover. Speaking, just speaking. You know, for Facebook. Don't come is. at me crooked because I will straighten you out. Yeah. That's a word. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing is, I'm also the guy. Like, I, you know, I'm grumpy, mean face, all that stuff. Like, my <laughs> smile is upside down. Like, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. It's yeah, it's else. still there. You just gotta go like this. Is it. <laughs> like, there you go. There you go. There you go. There I go. You know. You know what I'm saying? I, I I appreciate like the the relationships that we've made mm -hmm. and the people that we've met. You know. You know. Some folks like we're meeting the first time today, but we've been friends on social media for for a while. Yeah. You know. So like that kind of stuff, I think is really really dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then we can share our village with other people. There yeah. might be a piece of me that she may be able to take mm -hmm. and, and, and it'll take us to the next realm. Let me just say this last piece and then yeah. I'll step off the soapbox. <laughs> On July 14th mm -hmm. at uh, uh, Restaurant 6335, mm -hmm. um, Ladies Take Over Legacy, hosted by comedian S. Lisa P., mm -hmm. who is first lady of Legacy in that radio. What would, you know, you know it's about colorism. Yeah. We're you. talking, you know, what is your human and you? It's about mm -hmm. colorism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, light skin, dark skin, social media, bullying, mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. It's going to be an outstanding event, you know, cheap plug. But mm -hmm. the reason why I bring it up, other than cheap plug, cheap plug. <laughs> but the reason why I bring it up is because 
the contacts that we've made right. is directly what led to us being in that location. Like right. the person that we met that's helping us promote it, we met during a previous ladies takeover when we did a Me Too. Mm-hmm. Like we would not have known this person had we not done the Me Too. Yeah. We did the Me Too back in the fall and we kept that, con- that contact and we kept in touch with the person. So when it was time for us to do something, we got a venue that everybody knows, right. that people have been to, mm-hmm. Dope menu, bar's gonna be open, and we exactly. But we, the contact we we made eight nine months ago is what led us to being able to be there. And so that's the thing that I really love. That if I hadn't changed the script and just followed my instincts, I may not have been able to embrace the kind of contacts that we've had Mm -hmm. and the things that we've been able to do. That's dope. Yeah. That's what I see. First time trying out this segment. It's been pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's dope. So you I want to. Oh, thanks. Cute buggy. So, but yeah, I, I really want to keep in in tandem with the subject of being the strong friend, mm-hmm. and for me, that's been a huge part of my life. I I met a new therapist. I have a new therapist now. And what I love the most about this therapist is, one, she's black. I've been putting it to the universe that I've wanted to meet and start going to a black woman therapist. And I sat across from this woman whose complexion is very similar to mine with locks in her hair. And I was basically giving her like the cliff notes of my life up to this point in the last 30 years that I can remember. Um, and I did not know I needed to hear this woman look at me and go, I see you. And I knew what she meant when she said that. Now my therapist that I still go to, but she's kind of taking a step back when she found out I am now going to this therapist, which I'm really grateful for because she understood, is white. Mm-hmm. But she understood me from the space of she has an alcoholic parent, and so do I. Right. So even though there are certain elements, like when the election happened, right. and I was feeling a certain way, there were certain things that I couldn't really Say divulge to her, to her right. of how I was feeling right. because we... The hues, man, it's the hues. It's the hues. So we couldn't really... She couldn't understand where I was coming from, right. even though I tried and she tried. Right. But putting it into the universe, I've been putting it in for the last few months that I really wanted a, a black woman therapist. Right. So to sit across from... This woman and her tell me that she sees me. Right. And, and not just be like, oh, yeah, girl, I understand. Yeah, girl, I see where you're coming from. And I, it was a literal, I see you. Right. That meant so much to me because being the strong friend, right. I feel invisible. Right. While also being the person that orchestrates so many things happening in the background. Because right. people come to me when I'm on a social media break kind of right now i catch myself on the explore page exactly. of instagram but the explore page of instagram is very self-care to yes. me because it ain't nothing but diy videos and rupaul drag race so <laughs> so when i need to read when i need to decompress i'm like what they talk about today yes. what clip can i watch real quick and in, along with tumblr and i've really been on a, a path to get my finances and things together. So those are things that I've replaced right. with just being mindlessly on Facebook. Right. But a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, who I'm going to talk about and shout out at the end of the show, um, she hit me up one day and was like, you 
your struggle, your pain, what you go through never looks like it's affecting you. Right. You you are like the way that you manifest pain and trauma does not look like you need help. Right. And I had to tell her like, yo, I made myself cry the night before because there was something deep in the bottom of my stomach that I needed to eject. Right. And it was just sitting there taking up space and making me sick and doing all these things. And because I've done the work and I continue to do the work to help myself on this mental health journey, there are things about myself that I have to come to terms with. There are things about me that I have to acknowledge and be like, okay, this is how I got to this place. Mm -hmm. There are moments when I have to, okay, this wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was me. And I have to make amends with both. You have to make peace with it and you have to live in your truth about it. I have to live in my truth about it. I know for me, when I get into my depressive modes, I don't want to be around anybody. Right. Because people, I've learned people don't know how to handle me in those spaces. Right. Because we're always on. We're always on. So Let me do to you what you're doing to me. No. No, like no. it's sometimes that I need to take a moment and just gather my thoughts. Yeah. And people don't understand that. They just see, oh, snap, she got a question of the day out. Quita's good. Yeah, she fine. <laughs> she good. She good, right? Oh, Quita just took a picture of the girls. Like, they good. Like, she good, yeah. Well, no, no, I took a picture of them because they told me to take a picture. That's it. <laughs> That's meanwhile, it. I'm, meanwhile, I'm in the car. Like, I took, I took that through tears. Yeah. Like, you don't even know. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm taking the picture because I need for them to go take the nap. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm yeah. just going to appease them real quick and get out my face. But people... That's that's the hardest part about being the strong friend is mm-hmm. that people do not want to accept the fact that a strong person can be weak. Yeah. They will you're not gonna tell me that. No. Don't you don't you it tell goes me. against everything I believe. No, this is not true. Right. Santa Claus is real. <laughs> you are strong and that's what it is. And you're not gonna mess up my you're not gonna mess up my childhood, okay? <laughs> Because all I've ever known is you being strong. And if you ain't strong, then I can't be strong. If you're not strong, then that means my whole life was a lie. (laughs) (laughs) And I cannot take that right now. I can't handle that right now. You're sitting there like, what is wrong? And why would you put all that on me? Why are you putting that on me? Go away. I tell you, when I left my marriage, you wouldn't believe how many people were in my inbox. And they were like, no, Quita, no. Your marriage was my relationship goal. And I was like, you got to do better. I said, you got to do better. I said, Michelle and and Barack, they're out there. Yeah. You can can aspire to that. But even then, they'll still be like, I'm like, and still, sometimes I done seen Michelle look at Obama like he's about to get it. No, he's about to get smacked right in the back of your head. You can't put that on it's way too much pressure. It's way too much pressure. That's why I tell people all the time, you should have more than one best friend. <laughs> Stop playing with yourself. Yeah. You need to have more than one best friend because if your best friend is going through something and you happen to go through something, we, we, you, y'all might lose a friendship because yeah. you're feeling like they should be there for you and they're feeling like you should be there for them. Yeah. And it's hard. Everybody's button heads. Everybody's button heads. Yeah. So. I say have multiple friends. That makes that makes complete sense, and to also be very open and honest. I'm a, I'm probably gonna lose a little bit of a car right now, but that's fine. It took me forever to get around to watching girls trip, solely because last year was a tough year for me, and the last five months have been really tough for me, going through a breakup, all these sort of things I've been going through. So, I um, took me a while to go see it, and then 
at the time, it was like money was funny because I was doing so much work in D.C. and Maryland, right. doing so much. Stuff, so a lot of my money was going towards traveling. Right. So I didn't have the time to just like go out with the girls and go like have a day. Right. So I just saw that movie like three weeks ago on HBO. Oh, my God. Give me a hug. <laughs> Come here. Come here. Yeah. But I understand because I know exactly how it feels. I cannot think of her name in the movie right now. I am Ryan. The Ryan is the one who feels that she can have everything. Yeah. And that's who I was. Mm-hmm. Like, I did the quiz on Facebook, and they were like, Ryan. I'm like, <laughs> Damn it. Like, whatever. I go, <laughs> I go to the theater, and I'm like, I like literally, my friends me. are like, girl, come on. I'm like, no, I need a moment. Right. That, that's because I just saw my life I on I just saw TV. my life. I right. thought I had it all. Then I lost it yeah. and realized that I actually now have it. I yeah. have peace of mind. I have everything that I need, even though I didn't at that time have the perfect relationship. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't need it now. Yeah. Like I'm whole. Yeah. So, you know, like the phenomenal Amanda Edie Oliver is doing right now, the yes, year sis. of wholeness, baby. Yeah. Like you got to live in that truth. You have yeah. to be able to say to yourself, I have to be whole before I can be anyone else's anything. Yeah. And if we would just get back to that place of being our true, authentic, dope self, mm-hmm. man, we could change the game. And it takes a while to figure out who that person is. Yeah. It's taken me the better half of three years. I didn't and know who I was. Same. Until... I had my youngest, I was pregnant with my youngest daughter, and I actually, in Colleen, Texas, preached my first sermonette, and it was, don't ask God to order your steps if you're not ready to move your feet. Mm-hmm. Man, when I tell you, I felt that on a spiritual level, Yeah. and that was the game changer for me. That's when I said, okay, I don't like who I am in this place. I got to bounce. Yeah. And I came back to Virginia had my daughter before I knew it, and I've been getting it ever since. Yep. And that's unapologetically. How that's how it's been. It's taken me a, a, the better half of three years to try to figure out who joy is right. at a, at, on a cellular level. And that means having to sit with myself. I love, again, I love my new therapist. She gave me homework. The first homework that she gave me was to sit in three emotions that come up for me. Right. Me being somebody who, has recently within probably like the last better half of a decade been very open and honest about my mental health. Right. I am the exception. Right. Cause I'm like my friends, Hey, especially the ones that understand right. you good. No, I just had a depressive episode and they get it. Right. It's very few of them, mm-hmm. but they get it. So they know that that's, I can go to them and go, I'm not having a good day. And right. she actually did that to me last week where she was like, just give me a, just give me a warning. I'm not fun to be around today. Right. Cool. And we can have that conversation without being like, I mean, well. No. Why you, you got could, an attitude? Right. Like, what's wrong with you? No, and two days before, I was sick. So exactly. I was in a horrible attitude. Right. So I wasn't like being mean or, or being rude, but I was just in a space where like my body is literally shutting down because I'm recovering from a stomach virus. Right. And then I'm having to drive it. Everything in the world that could possibly go wrong with this particular day did. And she knew enough to look at me and just kind of like glance over and be like, you okay? Right. And depending on how I said it, she was like, okay. And then she just went on about whatever she was doing. Because even though we weren't actively talking about it, she knew 
she knew what was going on. Cause mm-hmm. She was actually there throughout a lot of it, but she knew mm-hmm. what was going on. So my therapist was like, you have to sit in your emotions. Right. A lot of the emotions that come up for me when I'm in a really bad space is denial. Denial of... It's not just a river in Egypt. It's not. But for me, it's denial of myself to myself. Mm-hmm. I can't tell... I will tell myself I can't feel how I feel. Right. Yeah, I can't feel how I feel because too many people are counting on me. Mm-hmm. Too many people are telling me that, like, like I said before, that I had one friend that after my, my coach died two years ago, that was like basically saying that we need you to get back to normal because we, we ba- her basically saying that we don't know how to handle you when you're on the other side. Right. So we need you to get back to normal. And What is normal? Right. My coach just died. Right. Very unexpectedly, very in a way that nobody saw coming. Mm-hmm. And I'm on Facebook literally crying for help. Right. And you hit me up and go, you need to snap out of it. Right. And not in a way of like, girl, let's snap out of it. What do you need? How can I help you? Straight it was a very aggressive. like, we don't know what to do with you in mm-hmm. this space because you've done everything else for the rest of us. Right. We don't know how to handle you. So mm-hmm. you need to get back to a space where we know what to do with you. And that for me was a trigger of being like, y'all really out here just thinking that I can fix stuff. Mm-hmm. And... I said it as nicely as I could, basically saying, that's cool and all, but I really don't care what you need. Right. And that was when I really began to realize how many people count on me. Right. I literally was the person at my daughter's age that had adults coming up to me asking me questions. Right. Coming up to me, well, you don't seem like you're 12. Mm-hmm. You don't act like this. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't act like it because I have Y'all an undiagnosed mental illness and nobody really wants to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So my way of dealing with it is to watch stuff I'm way too young to be watching. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching Daria. I'm mm-hmm. watching Mad TV. I'm mm-hmm. watching SNL because, ooh, sarcasm works. And that's how I deal. So <laughs> that's, that's how I deal with my shit. Right. And you're like, oh, but you're so, like my dad used to say, that now it irritates my soul. You're so articulate. Yeah. You're so wise. You're so this. I'm like, I'm wise because nobody wants to talk to me. So I talk to myself. Right. And so it's, <laughs> that's when I'm wise. That's why. And... Her saying, sit in your emotions, acknowledge them, understand why, ask yourself, why, why are you feeling like this? Right. Are you feeling this way because somebody told you you had to feel this way? Right. Are you feeling this way because you are guilting yourself into feeling this way? Or is there an actual legitimate reason why you feel this right. way? And if there is, all three of these, why? Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with that on top of being sick. Right. So the whole time of being sick, I was dealing with my therapist in the back of my brain saying, you feel this way. Mm-hmm. Like, everything on Friday that day, like I said, went wrong. I right. couldn't cash a check, which my check was the way how I was going to go mm-hmm. to yeah. these things that I needed to go to this weekend. I was in D.C. at a conference. I also had a shoot in Maryland. Well, the shoot was in D.C. Right. that Tuesday. Everything was predicated upon this check that right. everybody and their mama didn't want to cash. Right. Because they're like, we don't recognize this person. I don't give a damn whether you like you recognize exactly. the person. Can you slide the damn check? I don't care. Do, do you, you have, have the, the money? And so, that's it. That's all I need. So, in the midst of all of that going on, my normal, regular, old reaction would have been to go, this is all my fault. Right. I must have done something wrong. Right. I pissed off the universe. They right. mad at me, and they just like, just, what can we do to fuck her up? Right. And this time I went, I'm mad. That's it. Right. I'm mad. Right. I'm mad that this thing is not happening the way I want it to. How I envision it is not working the way right. I want it to. And that is something that I did not allow myself to do. Right. And to have multiple therapists, especially recently, to go, why do you feel this way? 
why are you allowing yourself to feel this way? Who is putting, like, the therapist I have now, when I kept saying they, she's like, who is they? Right. Put a face with a name. Put a face with a name. And I had to check myself with that. Because you're able to better direct your emotion at that person right. instead of it going to anybody, any <laughs> victims right. that are going to come within right. your parameters and right. get that wrath. Right. If I know that I'm upset and I identify that I'm upset with the person that I was last in a relationship with who did me wrong, they did X, Y, and Z to me, I know who that person is. So every man who comes after that, I'm not going to think you're him. Yeah. Because I know who him is. Yeah. You know, if my mother treated me poorly as a child, I know that that's where my anger is at. Mm -hmm. Not anybody else that does something wrong to me. I'm not yeah. going to take out that frustration on them. Yeah. So always identify the culprit. Yeah. And that's what I thought that was so beautiful for her to take it upon herself to go. You need to find out who they is in yes. your life. And she was able to see through that and not go, oh, you're just this victim. You're just this person that's like, oh, I'm just mad that my life is so fun. She was just like, I see why you're doing what you're doing. This is right. day one. She's like. And she already is like. She already girl, figured out. You. I see you. Hey, I see why she was like, I'm right. looking at you because you're very similar to mm -hmm. me. And in that space where all these adults and all these people that should have been taking care of you right. were instead relying on you in right. some way, shape, or form. And if you did not do a mold to that which they wanted you to mold right. and do, you were the bad guy. You right. were horrible. You were ungrateful. You were just this terrible person if you did not do what these people wanted you right. to do. So that's what your day is. Put right. a name to the day. Yep. Put an action to the day. And sit in that emotion and realize, yes. yo, that did, that did make me yes. mad. That, that did hurt, hurt me. me. And so... And I'm mad at the person who hurt me. Yeah. When you are able to identify that culprit, girl, your life it is changes. A game changer. That's when you become better and not bitter. Yeah. You're bitter when you are taking out that aggression on everybody. Yeah. That's any any man that come in your life. You you know what? You your haircut like his. You gonna cheat too? <laughs> you know, it's like, you're like, no, 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 no. That's that person. That's him. Yeah. He was a cheater, you know, so always. Yeah. And that's for anybody. Identify the person that hurt you. Because once you identify them, you don't have to take that pain and give it to everybody else who comes in contact with you. That's a word. Girl. I think we're going to leave it right there, y'all. <laughs> so... With everything that we have said and rewriting the script, check on your strong friends. Don't lean on them so hard just because they, they appear to be saying it's okay. A lot of them are saying okay because they've been, we, I can include yes. myself in this, we've been conditioned to just say okay. Right. Say, and that's where the taking off of the cape comes in that we cannot save everybody right. until we save ourselves. And even then, it's not our job to save everybody. My right. therapist said that to me, too. She's like, you got to change fixing people to it, because your job is a healer. I know that's what I am, and I heal in different capacities. Right. You got to change that from fixing people to, like, healing. Right. And that takes a completely different capacity. Fixing is when everybody and their mama walk up to you and be like, fix me, I'm broken. And you taking on the banner of healer gives you the space to be able to say no. 
And and when you're a fixer, nine and a half times out of ten, you don't even realize that you do nothing but take their baggage with you. Yep. That's another thing she said. To heal them, you have to sit with them and help them get through it. Yeah. I can't heal you if I just took your burden. If you say to me, Rakeem did this to me, and I say, girl, I'm going to get Rakeem. Right. I didn't help you heal the situation. I just fixed it for you. Mm-hmm. I went and cussed out Rakeem That's for it. doing you wrong. But you don't feel no better. But guess what? Rakeem going to be right back and it's going to be, it is what it is. So be mindful that you try to help people heal themselves instead of fixing it. Yeah. And she, that's another word that she gave me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that a lot of the baggage that we carry is not ours. A lot of the baggage that we carry are things that people have thrown on us and then walked away because it's like, oh, girl, you look like you can hold bags. And then you, they went on about their business. Mm-hmm. And because nobody has taught us that it's okay to drop bags mm-hmm. and walk away from that bag, especially if it's not yours. Because grandma had a problem with so-and-so mm-hmm. and they decided to dump that on mm-hmm. you. And you being that child... And I keep going back to child because yeah. a lot of us have been... That trauma is there. That trauma is there. And a lot of us have been groomed mm-hmm. to think that this is, especially us young black women, yes, women God. of color, have been groomed to believe that we have to take on everybody else's stuff. The and more that we, we endure. The more that we endure. The stronger we are. And that's bull. And that's some B. That's it's plain bullshit. And Mother Erica Badu said it best. <laughs> Bag lady, you gonna hurt your back? Dragging all them bags like that. Mm. Ask yourself, how many bags are you dragging that ain't got a damn thing to do with you? <laughs> you dragging folks' bag from the 70s. They ain't got nothing to do and with you. And then if you ask grandma why her and such and such beef and she don't even remember, girl, put that bag by grandma's nightstand. <laughs> And walk on up out of there. It ain't got nothing to do with you. She can deal with it. Girl, grandma got this. You'll be just fine. She raised you, didn't she? She'll be you'll be just fine. You'll nice. be all right. Girl. So so yes, I wanna leave it right there. I wanna give the biggest, hugest shout out to Nikita Mitchell. Yes, yes, yes. Can you show us or tell us? I don't know why I said show because I keep thinking that we're live and we're actually not. Can you <laughs> can you tell us where we can find you and everything that you have going on? Yes, by all means, you are more than welcome to contact me on Facebook or Instagram through my business pages at Higher Than This. No spaces, no fancy lettering. It's just at Higher Than This. You are also welcome to find me on Facebook. Um, my legitimate name, my government name, <laughs> is Nikita Mitchell. Um, I have quite the audience on, <laughs> <laughs> on my quite personal Facebook page. So please understand that if you come there, you will be interactive. And please check your feelings at the door <laughs> because uh, it can get real on there. And also on Instagram, I am at just call me Wonder Woman. That's it. Just call me Wonder Woman. I definitely want to give a huge shout out to everyone that has been listening. I've had friends hit me up commenting about. <laughs> I don't know why the car napkins got the people so much. It's <laughs> like, yes, car napkins. Um, but I definitely want to give a shout out to everybody that has been listening. And I'm going to do really quickly. I'm going to do a quick um, commercial for our first sponsor yeah and i'm gonna um 
share with you how you could also become a sponsor and also how you can support this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Depression's Got Jokes is on Patreon. Patreon is a site where you can support creators and you can support us either monthly or you can support us per creation that we manifest and do abundantly. So we have it set up that you can do different tiers. Depending on the tier that you decide to do, like you can even you could you could do a dollar. It could be a dollar a month. And we have up to fifty, which is a sponsorship. So if you want to be uh you want to definitely support us and you have something at that is beneficial to the mental health community mm-hmm. as a whole, whether it is courses, classes, you're a masseuse, you're any sort of esoteric um, individual, like you provide mm-hmm. services in regards to Reiki or readings or anything mm-hmm. like that. As long as it's a service-based um, and you can help with things, you can help with decluttering, all those sort of mm-hmm. things that come with mental health um, that we tend to forget about. Mental health solely isn't, doesn't just manifest one way. Mm-hmm. So if you are a business that would love to support this show, mm-hmm. the address is Patreon. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-D-G-J podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can support us. Um, we go up from a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you decide. You could do a mm-hmm. custom amount if you want to. Mm-hmm. And we also have merch that will be coming within the next few weeks. So we're going to have coffee cups and shirts and all those cool things. So you can support us that way. And if you decide to do a tier, there are certain tiers where you can get merch for free as long as you decide to support us during that time. Um, so definitely want to give a shout out to our first sponsor. And that is Chantel Malachi with Nonprofitability. This episode of My Depression's Got Jokes is supported by Nonprofitability. Nonprofitability is a women-led boutique consulting firm dedicated to giving back to those who give the most. I myself am someone who has a nonprofit. So does Naquita. Yes. And Chantel Malachi has saved us in so many ways. Yes. So if you have any questions when it comes to creating your um, mm. nonprofit, how do you run it? What do you need to do? Instead of giving all your money to LegalZoom because they will jack you, <laughs> give your money to Chantel Malachi because on, she God. deserves That's a word. And she's been doing it. She's done so much work in the community, especially those of us that are uh, women-based yes. nonprofits. She's done so much to help us. She's actually working on her second book right now. Yes. Uh, definitely check her out. Dress for uh, success. Dress for success. Definitely, that's something it's that she created. Of, what is it about? Um, How many years ago? Success. Oh, I think it's about seven or eight. Seven years or eight ago years ago. When she just came in and just changed the game. The whole game. I mean, the whole <laughs> game. She's but, also a business coach. Yes. She helped me with my business. She helped me with mine as well. And she's doing so much. So if you want to get in touch with her with Nonprofitability, that website is Nonprofitability. And that's how you would spell profitability. Just put in N-O-N at the beginning. Dot org slash lift. She has a couple programs on there, especially one. The lift program is a, I believe it's pro bono consulting service. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it is the lift program is a, not a pro bono consulting service that she does through nonprofitability. So yes, go give her all the things, go give her all your things mm-hmm. uh, because she deserves. So I am wrapping up here. This is the first episode, guys. We made it. Yay. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. So (laughs) I want to definitely give a shout out to everybody that's in the room right now. Um, There are so many people to thank. I don't think. (laughs) 
bunch. It's a bunch of y'all. It's so many people to thank. So I definitely want to get into the space of doing that. And thank you all for all supporting this. That we've been doing this since what April when I've been when we first decided that we were going to do this. So definitely give a shout out to Legacy Internet Radio and everything that they have done for us so far. My Depression Got Jokes is a production of Legacy Internet Radio. Marcus J is our lead producer. Music and sound provided by Joaquin Carood. And shout out, and I said I was going to shout her out um, towards the end of the show, Jessica Snyder. <laughs> Jessica Snyder is, I can confidently say, one of my best friends. Um, she created a Spotify playlist for us. So if you go onto Spotify, if you have Spotify, just type in my depressions got jokes she curated a dope playlist for us and i called it i reached out to her a few weeks ago i was like can you make a sad person playlist for us so if you (laughs) if you need to cry if you're mad if you're upset if you're just needing to dislodge all sort of those like stupid annoying passive aggressive emotions that we tend to have Go check out that playlist because it has all the songs that you would need to just deal with the ashiness that is mental illness and mental just Does she stuff. have Mary J. Blige? I'm not going to cry on that. I think she does. That's a game changer right there. <laughs> I think she does. If she doesn't, I know she can. we, we can add that. Just, if too. that ain't on there, get that on there. Because <laughs> that's the one right there. That's a game changer. So I just want to make sure that I shouted her out. She's done so many incredible things for me as a friend, and I and we're both business owners as well. So definitely check her out. She normally comes right behind this show um, with the Michael Bam Bam White show. She's a part of that as well. So I want to make sure that I shouted her out and definitely look at all her things as well. Jessica Jess Snyder, she's dope as hell. Mm-hmm. She goes by Jess Was Here, which mm-hmm. is Was is W U Z because we're colloquial AF mm-hmm. and. <laughs> I don't really care how you feel. So, <laughs> but I definitely want to give her a shout out and give a shout out to everybody that has been in the studio today. Is, and I said stewed because one of my favorite podcasts is another round and I am obsessed. So if you find parallels, I didn't, that's, that's not unintentional. So <laughs> those are two incredible women that are helping us in this podcasting game, but, and along with mental health. So thank you to Nikita. Thank you to Marcus J. I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> To see you doing your thing um, You had an outstanding show okay. You did great uh, It's good to meet you over there um, Everybody listening Tomorrow night Ain't No Half Step with Marcus J Will air live from Brewers Cafe Right here in Richmond, Virginia On Bainbridge Street So if you're used to listening to Q Boogie On my show on First Mondays well, first Monday is tomorrow at Brewers. Rock with us. We're going to roll with y'all. Yes. Yeah. Until next time, this is, or this was, I guess it still is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is My Depression's Got Jokes. Yeah. I am Joy Donaldson, and I will see you next Sunday at 1 p.m. Y'all go higher. Bye.